0: I would actually be more concerned if I got them right now and then, you know, I'm immune compromised, Mm. you know, whilst the virus is still running rampant.
1: And for transplant patients specifically, yes, they do have a worse outcome during the COVID era because they already have an organ failure and your risk of doing badly with COVID is dependent on your comorbidities.
2: It's month four of South Africa's national lockdown, and while some of us have begun to settle into the new normal, the danger COVID-19 presents to our country has not dissipated. SA is now one of only five countries to have recorded half a million confirmed COVID-19 cases. And while these are daunting numbers for all of us, for South Africans desperately waiting for a life-saving organ transplant The mounting risks have them praying for a vaccine. In this episode of Boots on the Ground, behind SA's national lockdown, we discuss how the pandemic has affected South Africans who are waiting for an organ transplant. What are their fears? Given the extraordinary risks, would they accept a transplant right now? And how has added pressure on hospitals affected the care they are able to receive? This short podcast series follows Sunday Times reporter Alex Patrick and senior reporter Graham Hoskin as they track, record and reflect on the real events and people that make up SA's biggest COVID-19 news stories. For Boots on the Ground, Behind SA's National Lockdown, I am Zama Latuli and this is episode 14.
0: I'm 29. I turned 29 on the 2nd of May. What? Happy birthday. Thanks. I was in hospital, but it was (laughs) alright.
2: Yeah. Meet Natalie Hinton. The 29 year old Edenvale woman had been on the lung transplant list for over seven months. On the day that Alex managed to get in touch with her, Natalie wasn't feeling so well. But she says that not feeling well is pretty standard for her.
0: Uh, It happens every so often, like every couple of months. And I need to go into hospital for like IV antibiotics and stuff like that.
2: But what isn't so standard is how she is meant to deal with feeling ill during the COVID-19 pandemic. You see, Natalie is incredibly high risk. With her lungs failing, if she gets COVID-19, there is little doubt that she will become severely ill.
3: So is that what you're going to do now?
2: Uh,
0: I'm actually, like, I'm thinking it might be safer to stay at home because there's COVID in the hospital. But I'll, I'll speak to the doctor and see what she thinks is
2: best. The risks associated with getting treatment for people like Natalie are almost overwhelming right now. And that's even before you consider the life-saving surgery that many of them require. Dr. David Thompson, president of the South African Transplant Society, describes some of the challenges being faced by these patients. So are you guys
3: actually doing transplants at the moment?
2: So,
1: we haven't been doing many, so, so we are trying, um, but there's been a lot of, you know, resources repurposed and things and mm. redirected during the COVID pandemic.
3: I mean, I, I also understand in, in general, these operations are, are also very risky, but at this time, is, is a transplant pla- patient um, at more risk than a, a kind of general patient in the hospital?
1: So even elective surgery has a much worse outcome during the COVID pandemic, of okay. so uh, increased risks of picking up COVID while you're in hospital, or if you get an operation with the stress that comes with that and happened to COVID mm-hmm. at that time, even if it wasn't making you too unwell, the, the outcomes are worse. So that's across the board for full elective mm-hmm. surgery, mm-hmm. Um, and then for transplant patients, Specifically, yes, they do have a worse outcome during the COVID era mm-hmm. because they already have an organ failure, and your risk of doing badly with COVID is dependent on your comorbidities. So, you know, if you need a an organ replaced, then you're definitely already quite sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, if they get, if they do get transplanted, uh, then they obviously have to take immunosuppression. Mm-hmm their life, so that that group of patients is also at higher risk um, of bad outcomes.
2: So even people who are not terribly ill and decide to undergo elective surgeries are having poor outcomes during the pandemic. But people like Natalie seem to be in a catch-22. Natalie needs a new pair of lungs to survive, but the risks associated with the operation Exposure to hospitals and immune-suppressant drugs are also likely to put her life at risk. So, what do they do for Natalie? She hopes a vaccine is found, and fast. So,
3: I mean, since we spoke last, uh, how how are you feeling? I mean, you—is it worse or better? Um, and where are you on the transplant list?
0: So, like. The list, it's not really like a one-two thing when it comes to, like, lungs. Oh. Um, It's more uh, blood type. And so um, if there are, like, m- like, more than one match for a donor, mm. then they will take the, the person who needs it the most mm-hmm. kind of a thing. But it doesn't often happen that there's, like, a few matches for one donor Mm. but usually it's only like kind of one you know one fits one it's just like a hurry up and wait are you
3: concerned at all that that's um it's going to like leave you on the list for a long
0: time Uh, not particularly no um i don't think i'm not too concerned I would actually be more concerned if I got them right now and then, you know, I'm immune compromised, you know, while the virus is still running rampant. So I'm kind of hoping the vaccine comes soon and then I get the vaccine and then I can get some new lungs.
2: <laughs> but Natalie has been hurrying up and waiting for a while now, and there is no telling when we can expect a vaccine to be developed
3: and how long have you been on the list now
0: so i've been on now for seven months my friend she she got lungs about like a month or two ago wow. and i mean she was only on the list for one month wow. but, but the thing is that she is a different blood type to me so wow. Like those lungs, even if she wasn't on the list, I wouldn't have got them mm.
2: they don't match. Dr. Sampson also tells us that there's a severe lack of organ donors in South Africa, making the competition for vital organs pretty fierce. This competition is made even worse due to organ donors being infected with COVID-19, staff shortages, but also the increased risk that these complex surgeries have in terms of infections dr thompson stresses that yes there is a pressing need for patients like natalie but hospitals and patients need to weigh the risks during this uncertain time
3: so you are still i mean you you're having to to perform these operations despite the risk uh, so,
1: so what, I mean, basically from a South African Transplant Society point of view, we said, look, it's, it's up to each hospital and health system to decide how they want to repurpose resources um, during the COVID pandemic, mm. um, because it's obviously quite labor intensive surgery mm. um, and even the support afterwards. Um, so our statement to the society, and I think it's on on the SATS website, was you know for each case it's a, it's it's literally a risk benefit ratio that mm-hmm. the centre needs to discuss with the patient, discuss in the context of what resources they have available, you know where they are in the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, and make that decision. Um, the patient need hasn't gone away, mm-hmm. um, but but assessing that degree of risk. So you know if you wanted to bring in a living related liver do- a kidney donor you know for an elective procedure with a patient stable on dialysis mm-hmm. i think most centers have stopped doing that oh, okay. but, we, but we don't um i i don't know for sure you know our, our, our center hasn't done a living related because that also means you're bringing a completely healthy person into the mm. hospital subjecting them to risk of being in a healthcare institution for a couple of days, giving them an operation mm. where there's an increased risk of COVID. Mm. And so that subjects someone who has no need for that risk. Uh, I always find a living-related kidney donor, you know, it's a, it's a stressful operation because it's the only time you operate on someone who doesn't need the operation. Mm. <laughs> Um, so so, so there's that dynamic, and then obviously there's a pressing need. So if someone's on dialysis but is running out of vascular access and then wouldn't you know, be able to be maintained on dialysis, then that would obviously tip the balance that you need to more aggressively pursue um, those options. We also always have to – we wouldn't transplant a donor who's got COVID. Okay. Uh, you know, if there's a deceased donor, or we wouldn't transplant into someone who's got COVID because the outcomes are so bad with that. So we would, you know, the same way we screen people for HIV, we would be screening donors for COVID as well.
2: South African Thoracic Society Vice President, Professor Richard Van Zell-Smith, also spoke to Alex. He said risks for transplant patients are just too high, which means that someone who may urgently need a transplant during this time, will die. It's a devastating reality to have to grapple with. But Natalie is handling the situation in a fairly good humour and remains positive.
3: You're not getting um, upset about it or you're not worrying about it that much. Uh,
0: You know, Like, it's annoying, like, corona, like, I haven't been to the shops, like, since the beginning of March and stuff like that. So, I mean, like, it affects my life that way. But, I mean, lungs will come when they come, kind of a thing. Yeah. And I'm just just trying to be patient.
3: I mean, does it annoy you at all that people are like, oh, it's just the government trying to infringe on our rights?
0: It is a bit annoying. I mean, I do think our government... In the beginning, they handled it well. But now it is a bit ridiculous, you know. That you know, you can go to a casino and a restaurant, but you can't visit your family. Like, how does that even make sense? Cool, like family. Let's all go visit together at the restaurant. Yeah. You know. But you know, the people complaining about masks. That's that's really annoying. Like, oh, I can't breathe in this thing, and you're like really i've been wearing masks my whole life yeah you know i can't breathe already and i will wear a mask
2: but for some patients such as stella de who is at the end stage renal failure has been on the transplant waiting list since 2012. covid 19 came as a real emotional blow stella tells us what she felt as transplants were halted completely during the initial phases of lockdown,
4: it's, it's been a roller coaster because before COVID, it was kind of like yes, you know, uh, you kind of like you go on with your life, you know, keeping busy in in that thing. Um But when COVID struck, it was kind of like a double whammy because now it's. Because uh, in the beginning, they put the transplants on hold. Okay. Um, so it was kind of like, you know, now the transplant is on hold, and so it's kind of like now everything stopped, you know. Uh, and that put me in a quite, uh, I would say, a depression, you know, a, a slump. Um, I was really like in you know, okay, what am I supposed to do with my life now? You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, everything. And then that was that uh, fear of, okay, but, you know, the dialysis, uh, will we still be able to get, you know, the things to do dialysis, you know, because that whole uncertainty, Uh, was also there of what impact will it have on the procurement of goods and the staff and all of that. You know, way in the beginning, it was that that whole, you know, that intense fear. Mm. And as time went on, you kind of like, okay, this is now the new normal, you know, it's going to be with us for a while. Mm. So that whole mindset was, it it took a while to get there. And, Um, You know, for me personally, it's now that thing of if I get the call now uh, for a transplant, you know, what's the
2: risk? So Stella has settled into the new normal, but like Natalie, she needs to weigh up her options. If she finally got word that a kidney had become available, would she take the risk? Stella says she's thought about it very hard.
4: Am I going to take it? And the short answer is yes, I will definitely take it, even though it's higher risk. But in the eight years, I haven't had a call. So, you know, to now say, okay, I'm going to not take the call now or take the opportunity now and wait for another time when it's more convenient but that mean another eight years. Mm -hmm. So you know, that's that's also the thing. So yes, it's definitely more high risk and in a perfect world, I would like to say to you, I just hope I don't get the call now Mm -hmm. and rather get the call when there is a vaccine, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, you can't really kind of, you can't choose So it it makes it more difficult, definitely it makes it more difficult. And the fact that you know you're more high risk than other people, because I'm a kidney patient, it's a high risk. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, it's really difficult.
2: For people like Stella and Natalie, The development of a vaccine is critical and is something that they are desperately hoping for, but there is something that we can do to help people like Natalie and Stella in the meantime. We may not be scientists or be very helpful in the development of a vaccine, but we can become organ donors. By becoming an organ donor, we ensure that people like Stella need not wait eight years a matching kidney. Our editor Paige signed up during this edit. And according to her, it took less than three minutes and cost her nothing. If you want to help people like Stella and Natalie in your own special way, check out the show notes to this episode where we have added a link to becoming an organ donor in South Africa. For Boots on the Ground Behind SA's National Lockdown, a production of Multimedia Live. I am Zama Lutul. You are listening to Boots on the Ground behind SA's national lockdown. Boots on the Ground is a short podcast series documenting South Africa's national lockdown as a result of the outbreak of COVID-19. Boots on the Ground is a true piece of mobile journalism. All interviews, voices, and sound effects have been gathered using nothing but smartphones. Boots on the Ground is a production of Multimedia Live, a division of Arena Holdings. Narration done by Samad Lutuli. Audio gathered by Graham Hoskin and Alex Patrick. Sound design and editing by Paige Muller. Production by Multimedia Head, Scott Peter Smith. To catch the next episode of Boots on the Ground for free, please subscribe to the podcast on IONO.FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.